entrepreneur, international speaker, preacher, author, and business coach. Patrice is the co-founder and chief servant officer of both Nehemiah Project International Ministries and PG and Associates LLC, which he founded with his wife and best friend, Gina Sagay. Patrice specializes in helping families incorporate their faith into their business practices, ensuring that their businesses are able to exist beyond the third generation. And now, introducing Patrice Sagay. Welcome to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Saget. It's Friday. Welcome. Well, today we're going to continue our discussions on my latest book uh, that's not out yet, but it's coming out soon, Biblical Entrepreneurship Essentials. And today we're going to deal with how to balance spirituality uh, in the marketplace. How do you balance spirituality in the marketplace? You know, many of us have been concerned about being intentional about our faith in the marketplace because you know, we don't want to be spooky. Uh, we've seen others do it, and it, it was just a turn off. And uh, and we didn't want to be judged, whatever the case may be. Or we don't know how to do it with class and elegance in a way that uh, truly reflect Christ. Let me say this to you. Um, you know, uh, before I go into this, my objective today is not to give you an out, a way to look fancy and cool while in the marketplace so that you can be cool and liked and popular and grow and whatever the case may be. Because here's the thing, if you're going to truly honor Christ in the marketplace, you've got to be prepared to be, to be perceived as crazy for Jesus. Okay. Because you, you cannot, you know, I mean, you know, we like looking good and trust me, I do. And, and we don't like to be tied with the weirdos in, in the faith and so forth. But You've got to be willing. It is better to be perceived as weird for Jesus, crazy for Jesus, a fool for Jesus, than to be perceived as cool and elegant, but not representing Christ. Okay, let me just set that out. Having said that, there is a way to do it. And I want to talk about that today. By the way, uh, you can see here, this is, this is not the final copy. But this is uh, the first draft copy from the printer, and I'll be showing that each each week now as I go through the book. Uh, so we about I'm doing a final review on it, and then uh, and then it'll go back to the printer next week so that it can get off the press. So make sure you got your copy. You know, be among the first to get your copy of Biblical Entrepreneurship Essentials, uh, the fundamental guide to building a kingdom business. If you've not. Um, watched or listened to the earlier podcast where I featured some of the other uh some, some of the other uh aspects of the book you want to go ahead and go to our podcast uh on our blog and you can or to, on our YouTube channel or if you have a um a podcast uh app on your phone uh go at it and just download our podcast and so you can be a part and and join us on this journey Today, uh, eat your heart out. I'm going to be actually, my topic is going to be taken out of page um, 108 of the book. See, once you get yours, then you can follow along. It'll be on page 108 uh, of the book. So we're going to talk about, you know, uh, balancing, how to balance spirituality uh, and um, uh, spirituality in the marketplace. Actually, sorry, I had the wrong page there. It's actually page 113 of the book. 
uh, our last talk is page 113. Our last talk was on page, uh, that page, page 113. All right, so uh, what does being a worshiper in the marketplace really mean? Um, does it mean you have to play Christian music on the radio, uh, put a Christian fish on your car, or greet your customers with a blessing from the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Where is the line between authentically embracing partnership with the Holy Spirit and doing a lot of Christian activities that may lack significance or power? Because ultimately, if you're going to reflect Christ in the marketplace, it's about demonstrating the power of the Holy Ghost, right? It's not just about, it's not about religion, all right? It's not religion. It's about a demonstration of power of the Holy Spirit. So if in a desire to honor God or perhaps in fear of not honoring him enough, some Christians become hyper-spiritual. You probably know some. You may be one of those. Uh, they strive so hard to appear to Christian, to uh, appear Christian into the world that they go overboard with what makes comes across as cheesy, surface level sentiments, or in your face bullying type of gospel. Listen, yes, the gospel is offensive by its very nature. You don't have to add to it. All right. If your flesh is what let me tell you something. The gospel plus flesh becomes sin, becomes uh, unchristian. So you gotta make sure that your flesh, that your humanity doesn't get in the way of your Christianity. Let me say it again. Make sure your humanity does not get in the way of your Christianity. Instead, you must you gotta be releasing a sweet fragrance of the Holy Spirit. Um, and unfortunately, instead of doing so, some end up uh, drowning clients, customers, and coworkers with overpowering <laughs> purge of perfume. Uh, you know, growing up, uh, I, you know, I was, I grew up in Cameroon since I was 11 years old. And those of you who've grown up or been around uh, in, I don't know about the English Africans, but the French Africans, uh, my Lord, you know, that overdose of perfume, you know, the, I mean, somebody walks by, you say, woo, it's just so strong. But I, I like my cologne to be kind of that soft, that soft flavor when I walk by, you don't notice until I until I'm way past you. You smell this sweet aroma. Ooh, that smells good. Who was that? That's kind of what I like, right? Versus that strong woof, in your face kind of thing. I'm gonna make fun of my Nigerian friends right now. You know, the kind of that Nigerian in your face kind of thing. That's not what you want <laughs> because that actually turns off people, not turn them on. Unfortunately, this this tactic tends to backfire, right? Um, it creates a disillusion about the real value of the Holy Spirit in the marketplace. Uh, sometimes Christians in the marketplace are inclined to see everything through a spiritual lens. Have you met those people before where they see a devil everywhere, right? And everything is the Holy Ghost. And by the way, let me say this to you. The Bible teaches us that um, the, the Spirit is subject to us. It's subject to us. And so you don't blame the Holy Ghost. And by the way, don't blame the devil because the devil cannot force your will. You must will it 
for the enemy to have his way in your life and or and even for the Holy Spirit to have his way in your life or in your your business. You see, um, as you as you try to walk this out, you, you, you must not sacrifice business planning, right? The traditional natural stuff of business um, as at the expense of this hyper spirituality. So it's not either practical business or walking by faith. <laughs> Maria said, oh my God, you went there with a Nigerian. I'm sorry. I, I love Nigerians. They're just sometimes over the top. By the way, my wife loved Nigerian movies, and so I always make fun of her. And there are, by the way, let me say this about my Nigerian friends. I mean, Nigeria is moving this year, is really developing. But could y'all tone down a little bit, just kind of tone down a little bit. For people like me, I mean, I'm maybe a little bit too conservative, but my wife loves y'all, <laughs> you know, so uh, uh, yeah. So so you, you want to make sure that you don't uh, denounce reliable business principle or secular wisdom um, rather than as, as secular wisdom rather than divine wisdom. This can create confusion about the body of Christ and cause Christians in general to lose credibility. So guys, so as we seek to represent Christ in the marketplace, let's not be weird or, you know what I mean? I mean, hey, again, it's okay to be weird and goofy for Jesus if it's truly Holy Spirit led. But when it's fleshly and it's all about us in the name of Jesus, there's no Holy Ghost in there. It's just being crazy, okay? Some of us were weird before we became Christians. Let's, let's just be honest. I mean, we, we were goofy before we were Christians. And all the Holy Ghost did is, uh, is, is, is uh, we now use the Holy Ghost to blame our goofiness. Now, but there is a way to integrate God and faith into the day-to-day -day business without becoming weird or impractical. Uh, our God is a God of common sense. The Bible also talks about God being a God of order. The book of Proverbs and James both reflect practical common sense wisdom that demonstrate God's nature. Our God is also uh, a God of love, not surface level niceties that calls itself love. But the type of love that looks you straight in the eye and genuinely cares for your soul. God doesn't offer shallow words or empty intention. Have you met those people who, after they're, you know, stabbing the back, they say, I love you, right? Oh, I'm going to pray for you. Can I just be honest? Please don't say you're going to pray for me after you stab me in the back, right? Even if you're going to pray for me, don't tell me. Don't tell me, <laughs> you know, or tell me you love me. I like my daughter. So my daughter growing up, I would when I would give her spanking or or chastise or dis discipline her, and I'll say, "Babe, I love you. Come and get me." She said, "Daddy, I don't, I don't want to hug you right now." I mean, she was very blunt. I, Daddy, I, I just don't feel like it, you know. And and I respected that, right? So all right, that's fine. And then later on, because who wants to? That's fake and that's phony. So, so let's get away from, that's why the church is messed up, if I can be blunt. That's why the church is messed up. <laughs> Mar Maria said, oh my, uh, uh, oh, that's, okay, Maria's made that statement earlier. 
you know, now, Mary, it's, it's not just, uh, are you saying Nigerian man or Nigerian men? You know, I, let's not pick on just the brothers, the Nigerian brothers. I, they've seen, I've seen some of the top Nigerian sisters. Um, now, here's what's interesting. I'm Cameroonian by birth. And, uh, you know, growing up, uh, you know, Cameroon was the calm collective, but we've become, you can't tell Cameroon from a Nigerian anymore. As a matter of fact, there was a time where, anyway, let me not go there. Um, so, so let, <laughs> Maria got me all, off my topic. So, so there is a way to integrate this thing and make it all work because our, our God is, is a God of, uh, of common sense. All right. So, cause we, we, we've got to authentically speak truth. Our God is also God of power, so he doesn't need to push himself into people's faces. He's not arrogant, but he's humble. He's meek, power under control. He holds his own authority. He manifests presence. His manifested presence make impact on people and transform at a deep level. He demonstrates his power through love that serves with humility. Uh, there's a, a book that we wrote called Serve with Love. Actually, it was authored by... Uh, Tom Mears. Uh, it's a book you can find that, but we published it, but written by Tom Mears. You can find it on our, you know, on our store. And that book really, dem if you've never met Tom, and by the way, we're going to have Tom and his daughter, Jennifer, they're going to be in studio in the next few months because we, we we're about to relaunch the Server Love course and we have to launch it formally as an on-demand course online. Uh, you want to take that course when it starts being, be, begin to be offered, Server Love, uh, how to build, develop a transmission mission statement. I mean, Tom is a mild mick man with a strong spine and conviction. And that's what you want. And I believe that's how God is, right? To worship God is to reflect the true nurture of God in the world. And that's our call. So, but in order to gain a balanced view of marketplace spirituality, we must distinguish between true faith and religious traditions. And let me give you some examples um, of this. Uh, we have a tradition of praying before meetings. And this is this a biblical requirement? Uh, no. I mean, you know, it's something good to do. Pray before you leave the house. So don't, so if you're in an environment or if you're in a workplace where they don't do that, it doesn't mean they're unspiritual. It just means that they pray before. It is nice to do, encouraged to do, but it's not something that, is an absolute as a reflection of the fact that God is there because that makes it religious. Uh, so maybe what's better is do a pre-meeting prayer, right? By the way, at Nehemiah, we pray before all meetings. But the point I'm making is that it's not the prayer that brings God's presence. God's presence is there because the Bible says where two or more are there, his name admits, particularly those who have a heart after him. And so... So prayer really is, is a request of guidance. It's not just a form, it's not just an act of formality. It's not a box we check. It's a sincere, we need prayer, not just, oh, we pray before meetings. You, you follow me? There's a difference. Um, and then, uh, and to insist upon prayer as, a, as something we check off uh, makes it religious. And this is empty, has no power, and is not authentic. Reading the Bible in the office is a good practice. but if you choose not to, you've not felt Christianity, uh, right? Because read your Bible at home. I'm not that. Meditate. Put the word in, on the inside of you, right? Uh, because there are some things that as Christians, sometimes we insist upon. 
that just uh, focuses on form versus function uh, and makes it religious. Um, you know, it, it, the, trying to collaborate, working only with Christian. That's a good thing. And the Bible talks in post of Christian unity. However, if all we do is just work among ourselves and do not make way for the other people, we miss the power, the value of evangelism, right? If, if all we do is create like these kumbaya Christian community, right? Um, and and it's, then it's all about us. No, it's about Judea, Jerusalem, and the uttermost part. No, sorry, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Samaria, and the uttermost part, right? It's about the gospel. And so we we ought to create authentic Christian communities that welcomes non-Christians and invites them to experience and enjoy the fragrance and, and the, the sweetness of Jesus that they might get to know him, all right? And so we, we so, so our, our approach ought to be focused on sharing the gospel. It's about a demonstration of the power of God in midst of the unbelievers. You know, true power is found in embracing God's true nature and living by the freedom of the Holy Spirit. So what does working as worship look like? What does it look like in a real and relevant way? So real worship in at work uh, is working with a posture of reverence and adoration towards God. So as you're running your business and you truly worship at work, you, your, your posture is, is a reverence towards God. That's what I mean. Worship is a genuine heart response to honor uh, and, and, and devotion towards God. It is both emotion and action. Real worship is about posturing your heart, depending on God and loving him while uh, you are going about your business activity. In other words, it's that I'm reflecting the love of God in what I do, and I'm doing as unto God for his glory, for his purposes. I'm a manifestation of God, will on earth. I am the hands and feet, voice, mouth, eyes of God at work in my workplace, right? And so, and you see miracles and wonders manifesting is that God is working through me. So if my cup is full of God's love, it will spill over to those I work with, right? And there's some activities here in the book that you can go through to kind of um, have a clear understanding uh, of that. Now, so real worship also is service to God and not man. You see, if if we cannot say we worship in God at work or that we're, we're being that, and then we do it as on as, as man service, which means that we only do when people are watching or when people are around. That's religion. That's religion. This this is not real. This is two faced, right? So so if we're gonna truly worship the Lord at work and truly represent Him, it's got to be authentic in the private places of our job and in the public places of our job. We are who we are, no matter where you, where you see or find us. It's gotta be authentic, right? Uh, real worship uh, has gotta be done in spirit and in truth. John 4, 24 says this, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Therefore, your work must be led by the Holy Ghost, doing the work that God has called you to do. Your work must be done in truth, governed by honesty, transparency, with no illicit gain. Let me talk about that a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, there are more people that have been harmed uh, in proportion, that have been harmed by people 
doing business in the name of Jesus than otherwise. I was just talking to one yesterday. Um, people that that are trusted Christian, people that led with the fact that we're doing business in the name of Jesus. As a matter of fact, use that as a basis as to why they should be trusted. And they ended up using doing business in the name of the devil. They, it was them using Jesus to manipulate other people. Listen, real worship in the marketplace has got to be honest. If there's no truth in it, then there's no Jesus in it. You cannot say that you're doing the name of Jesus. You cannot say that you're representing Christ. Balance, uh, balance spirituality in the marketplace must be reflective of our ethics and morality. And we as Christians got to model that. We had to set the standard. You know, what's interesting in, Christian countries that are known as predominant Christian, you have predominant dishonesty. You know, we have to do it in, in spirit and in truth. Real worship in the marketplace, how we do we balance this thing in the marketplace? It's about honoring God with our time, talents, and treasure. You see, real worship invades every aspect of our life. It is not compartmentalized or limited to certain environment categories. Nor does worship just uh, something that I, I, I just do um, in, 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 in at home, but I must do it everywhere I go. So has my, it's reflecting how I spend my time and what I spend my time doing, how I spend my talent, what I spend my time doing, what I spend doing my talent, and how I spend my treasure. If you look at an inventory, if you look at a balance sheet of my time, talents, and treasure of my business, you will see an integral reflection of my values in them. As a business coach, we teach our coaches to, I mean, our clients to be able to integrate their work, uh, their values in all aspects of their business. So that means if I take an audit of your business and your life, I will see no difference. You know, I believe that there's a great opportunity for evangelism in the marketplace if we as Christian become serious about responding, reflecting Christ in the marketplace and everything we do. We don't have to preach a word. We just got to reflect Christ. You know what uh, Steve Jobs said in his book? He said, you know, if Christians were what, what Jesus said they should be or what Jesus was, right, I'll, I'll, be a more con I'll be more convicted to be a Christian. Mahatma Gandhi. And there are many people who were so close to coming to the faith, but the, they love Jesus, but the people that turned them off from Jesus were the Jesus followers. Listen, if you can't truly reflect Christ in all that you do, don't talk about him. I mean, don't, because when you talk about it and you're not even making efforts to be held accountable to those values and you're not trying to do it, then it's, it, it, it makes it worse for you. You are actually self-condemning yourself. You know, if you're going to do it, be for real. This is not a game. This is not a game. You know, I was a good heathen. I was a good heathen. Um, <laughs> and I had fun as a heathen. 
um, you know, I made fun of Christians and I had a disdain for Christianity. Um, but when I got saved, I got saved. And I know the difference. And what's sickening me to my heart is when you can't tell the difference between a saved Christian and a secular person. When sometimes, you know, secular people, those, I, I got friends who are, who are heathens, good heathens, and their morality is better than Christians. And that's sad. Now, what if I started my work without worship in mind, right? What if when I, you said, Patrice, the business I'm doing right now, I, I, I didn't start it thinking this way. I just, I need to make some money. I had to feed a family. Well, like Frank was saying, I needed to get in, you know, I just had to take care of the children. I was just responding to trying to make sure my, my, you know, my family is cared for. And, and, and in doing so, I needed to do it in a way that best aligned with what God called me to do. Um, what if my motives was not to treat as pure as you suggest? What if, what if I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think about all of this? Well, guess what? The Lord knew. And he created a circumstance that will push you into business or in the workplace and what you're doing now because of what he's pre preordained for your life. Listen, you thought you were in control of your life, but you actually wasn't. He's the one that's been controlling your life. Just got to look back and see the things he's been doing. That's, that's what I discovered. You don't need to change, you see. But what you need to do is this. Well, you may have to change, but, but we got to go to God in prayer. So, Lord, here I am. Help me. To, 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 to conform to your will. If in doing so, if he convicts you to change, then change. If he doesn't, then stay the course. But in doing so, he's gonna show you how to do it in a way that now reflects his perfect will. You, you follow me? Because all things are his and we are all his. So what if you're struggling to make a living and, and you feel you really need to do something to make money? And, and you're so busy uh, making money, whatever you're doing, that you feel like, I'm not sure if I can make time for this worship. If I try to be intentional, I may lose money and I got to take it my family. Listen, let me tell you what the psalmist uh, said. He said, I've been young and I've been old. I've not seen the righteous forsaken and see beggar bread. I want to challenge you, trust Jesus. I trusted him. I gave it all for him. I pursued him with all of my hearts and it was scary. It was scary. And uh, it cost me a lot. But you know, the joy and the fulfillment that I've got along the way and, and then the financial reward that he then puts on top of that. It's like $1 becomes worth $10. Then I'll become worth $100 because uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's supernatural. Um, it does, it does, it's not that he doesn't make you very financially wealthy, but whatever amount of money he ends up giving you feels like wealth. Here's the way my daughter put it. You know, she said, uh, Daddy, uh, you know, you and Mom always talk about how we got to be on the budget. and uh, But yet, you guys, um, when we need key things like college and cars and whatever, you guys always find a way to provide it. How do you do it? Is the, do you have a stash somewhere and we travel here, do this and do that? You know, we went to Paris for vacation. She said, 
And then she said, and then I, I was in college um, and first year in college and among her friends and they were all talking and she, and she said, dad, I realized something that, you know, I couldn't explain the privilege of my life because I never saw us as having a lot of money, but I've never liked anything. And I've had experiences that people out of money have never had. He said, Daddy, I've had to conclude one thing. We're blessed. This is my 18-year-old daughter. She said, I couldn't explain it. So when people said, are you rich? Why do you have a new car for college? She said, we're blessed. She said, we're blessed. Here's what she was saying. She was saying, I, 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 I can't tell you if we're rich or not, but I can tell you this, God provides. And he's provided for my parents ever since I've known them, since I've been born. And he will do the same for you. If you commit your work, your business, all that you do to him, don't do it for him, but do it with him, right? Do it with him. It's, it's, it's a partnership, right? He doesn't need you to do something for him, but he does want to do things with you, right? If you do that, you're going to come across balance and and well oiled, and you're gonna see it's gonna do amazing things. It's gonna do amazing things. Lastly, what if where I work now, the business I do is not enjoyable? I don't like it, stuff. It's making us difficult, Patrice. The, my boss actually makes it difficult for me to honor Christ. Well, here's the reality, friends. Who said that worshiping God? must be done in the most comfortable environment. You see, integrating spirituality in your work, being authentically Christian in what you do in your business, whatever you do, doesn't mean that it's going to be easy or comfortable. You see, our goal is not to pursue ease and comfort, but rather to pursue service and calling. Remember David's service to Saul, Daniel's service to Nebuchadnezzar, Joseph's service to Potiphar, the prison authorities, and eventually Pharaoh. There were, these were not comfortable environments, not easy circumstances, but they all preserved, I'm sorry, they all persevered and remained faithful in worship in worshiping God as they served those who were in authority over them. Sometimes the more difficult the circumstance, the more powerful the worship is released, the greater God can and is glorified so do not run from trials and tests, but rather pursue calling and obedience. I don't know your circumstance right now, but you may be, you may be in the lion, in the den of lions. You may be in the prison of Egypt. You may be wherever you are, trust God and watch him do a miracle because he's still a miracle worker. I love the song that says, um, how did that song go? You know, he heals their sick, he raised the dead. He'll do it again, right? That's it for today, guys. Next time we're gonna talk about working in the name of Jesus. Working in the name of Jesus. So today we kind of have talked about how do you balance the spiritual and market? It's gotta be authentic, it's gotta be real. You got to allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, get the flesh out of the way. And by the way, I didn't say is that you got to manifest the fruit 
of the spirit, love, joy, right? Contentment, right? Meekness, right? The fruit of the spirit is it's a something that that's that that that's a a, a uh, not a not an overwhelming order of goodness, but a soft, gentle order of not only goodness but greatness. You're welcome, Maria. With that said, hey, if you enjoyed our podcast today and it encouraged you, there's somebody that may not have seen this that it may also encourage. Them. I want you to share it, share it with your friends, your family. Share it with those who you know need to be encouraged as to how to be balanced uh, spiritually in the marketplace. And as you share with them, and if you want to know more about the Nehemiah Project, how we can come alongside you and work with you to um, to to build your business, to improve your business, uh, to start a new business, uh, go to our website, NehemiahEcommunity.com. NehemiahEcommunity.com. There you can learn about our training program, the biblical entrepreneurship courses, the identity and destiny, and other courses that, can, that you can enroll in, no matter where you are around the country or the world or online. You can learn about our coaching program. We have group coaching. We have individual coaching. You can learn about our business services. We even can do, we have virtual support. We have marketing services. Uh, we also have tech solutions that can help you in your business. You can learn about our access to capital if you need financing. We can uh, provide you with, uh, we can connect you with our kingdom impact investors. Or you can learn about how to become a member of our community. One of the fastest growing entrepreneurship communities that are, that's committed to the kingdom, you know, with members from Asia, Africa, Europe, Latin America, North America, where together we are committed to transforming the world, creating jobs that are sustainable. If you want to be part of that, join us and be a part so that we can together uh, fulfill this call that God has given us. With that said, in the next uh, couple of weeks in the in, in in the world is Giving Tuesday. Uh, team, please put the link there on how they can sponsor us. I want to encourage you as you as the Giving Tuesday approaches or the end of your approaches. Uh, I want to ask you to consider sponsoring an entrepreneur, John. Consider making the Neymar Project one of the ministries that you support. Uh, just uh, click that link or go to our website, go to our donor page, sponsor a job, an entrepreneur, you know, make a reoccurring monthly gift or just a one time. Uh, you know, we provide this year alone, we provide over $100,000 of scholarships around the world. These are entrepreneurs who we came alongside them and made it, a, a, made it easy for them to take our classes, our coaching program. Maybe your giving can help another entrepreneur do the same. Our goal we want to raise over $200,000 so that next year we can do even more. Join us in that. Consider the Nehemiah Project as giving Tuesday approach at the end of your approaches to one of those organizations where you can contribute. Well, I'm going to pray for you. Thank you again for watching. For those in America, happy Thanksgiving coming up next week. Are we going to see, I'm going to see you again on, on Monday, uh, but enjoy your Thanksgiving week. Let us pray. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord enable you to steward those talents in the marketplace that's placed under your care. To steward them in such a way that one day you will hear those wonderful words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Guess what? He'll not make you rule over much. God bless you.